always works the right way, doesn't he? Thank the Lord for that. All righty. Well, the title of my message this morning is this, not time for a nap. Pay attention to that, all right? Not time for a nap. And uh, that's why sometimes people say, why do you preach so long? Because I hate waking folks up when they're sleeping so good. And I just want you to want you to listen on purpose this morning here. It's not time to take a nap. The title of the message, let's ask the Lord to bless. Father, thank you again for this day that we can come here. And, and Lord, we thank you for, uh, Lord, again, the building you've given us. Thank you for the folks. I think as we look around the auditorium, we see all the faces of the people. And, uh, Lord, some been here a long time. Some haven't been here so long. And, Lord, it's good to see people in church. And, Lord, we're glad that we have the place to come to. But, Lord, I'm glad that we don't come here and just meet with us. We get to meet with thee. Speak to our hearts today. Oh, Lord, we want you in this service. We need you to move in our hearts today. Save the one without Christ. And, Father, may Christians be awakened in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 6,000 years ago have gone by since the creation of this, this world, of the heavens, of the planets, of everything God created. It's amazing. You know, I'm, I mean, I know you say, but, you know, I remember in school they told me it was millions or billions of years. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better word than... <laughs> Yeah, I believe the Bible. Amen. You know, uh, I mean, they, they, I think people like to use it for, they, what they're trying to do is try to prove there is no God. Uh, but they, they, they just making up stories. But, uh, and I think about it, God, you know, only, the world's only about 6,000 years old, but to think that God created a thing in six days. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I, I can't do hardly anything in six days. You know, the Lord's able to create the world in six days. I mean, just amazing when I look at it and all the different creatures that are in the world. You know, he made everything. You know, there, there's even now where that they're going to the depths of the sea and they're finding creatures they never saw before. <laughs> and God's saying, boy, it sure took you a long time to get it up. You know, and they're thinking it took them millions of years. The Lord said, no, you did it pretty good. It only took about 6,000. But, uh, you know, I mean, crazy what the world says. But, you know, it makes me think of this, that God has a time schedule. God had six days of creation. He rested then on the seventh day. And uh, he, has, he, had a <clears throat> he had a schedule. And I believe that God has a schedule about everything. I believe God is, the Lord is coming again. And this, he is on schedule. So, well, they've been saying that for years. I know that. But you see the Lord still on schedule. He has a time schedule. And, uh, uh, you know, the Bible says, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't tell us exactly when the Lord is coming, but the Bible gives us some hints. Listen to this. Luke twelve fifty six. ye hypocrites. You discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern this time? You know, I believe really as Christians, we kind of got an idea. It's not going to be long till Jesus comes again. I mean, I've heard even people that aren't really spiritual people say, man, I'll tell you, Lord's got to come soon. I think we understand that it's getting close to that time and uh, time of that rapture. And then I believe this, because it's close to the time of the rapture, that means we're getting close to the tribulation. And praise the God, I praise God, I will not be here, neither will you if you're saved. 
Now, if you're not saved, you'll go through the tribulation. But I believe that the Lord is coming before that tribulation period, that we that are in Christ will rise and be with him. You know, people saying, well, you know, preacher, they're talking about putting these chips under your skin and everything like that. And uh, I was all for it at first because I thought it was potato chips. And I thought, boy, all you have to do is just taste them, you know, by on your skin. But they're putting these chips, you know, be able to identify our pets and to identify us today, too. And they say, man, that's all. That's all working right on the way of the Antichrist to be able to tell. You're not by yourself. You don't have the mark yeah that's exactly right but it doesn't scare me because i won't be here you know put all the chips you want to in me you can get riffles riffles ripples and 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 what's the other one i like what no no the kind of uh, no the hard ones kettle come on i thought you folks more spiritual than this the kettle, the kettle ones, you know, where they're, they're like stale ones, but you pay more money for them even though they taste stale. That's the kind I like there. But I tell you what, they can put all the chips on anything they want. We don't have to worry about it because the Lord is coming, and he's coming on time. And the rapture is going to take place, and we'll rise to be with him, not here for that tribulation period. And then we know that there is the time schedule of that time, and then there's going to be the millennial reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and again, that's all on God's schedule. And I really believe that most Christians know this. Now, we don't know exactly the time, but we know it's getting close. Have you ever, I mean right now, don't look at your watches. What time is it? Anybody want to guess? I don't look at mine. What time do you think it is? 11 quarter? About time before she wants to go home. All right. <laughs> what, 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 quarter after someone said? 20 after, all right, it is, according to my watch, 12 minutes after 11. But all of you were close, right? None of you said it's Monday, <laughs> right? And you didn't say, well, it might be like 8 o'clock. You, were, you know, you were close. You know, I like to do that. You know, oftentimes, we'll be sitting on the porch, you know, when it was nice out. Remember back then? And uh, I, we'd sit on the porch, and my wife would go in, and I'd say, honey, what time is it? Because we walk in the door, you can see the clock. But you know what I always do? In my mind, I'm playing a game. I'm like, oh, it's probably 10 after. And she'll go in and she'll say, oh, it's about 10 after. And I'm like, yes, I did it again. Anybody else do stuff like that? I'm the only crazy one in this church, huh? If I'm the only crazy one, what are you doing here listening to me this morning? You've got to be crazier. But the thing is, we, we got an idea about the time. I mean, I know this. When it gets dark, it's night. And when it gets light, it's daytime. You know, we get an idea about it. Now, we don't know exactly the time. And sometimes when my wife would go in there, and I would think, all right, it's a quarter after. She would go, it's 25 after. I'm going, oh, my, I'm late. But I'm only a few minutes off. But I think we all understand this, that we all got it, we can get it kind of close. And so the Lord doesn't reveal to us exactly the time that he's coming again. But I think as Christians this morning, we can understand it sure is getting close to time. I know the world doesn't understand anything about this. They don't get it. And uh, they don't get God's timetable. That's why they say, you know, it's billions of years ago. Millions of years ago. 
And they come up with all these crazy things because they're trying to disprove the Bible. But I'm glad today that we that are saved, the Bible does give us some time. It doesn't give us exact time, but it gives us where we kind of understand the season. You know, I'm noticing this. Some trees are beginning to turn colors. I'm going to make a prediction. You ready? It's soon to be fall. (laughs) It's soon the leaves are going to fall off the tree. Right? Now, it don't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. You just see it. And how about this? Every year it happens. Because God's in control. Amen? You know, it's not, it's not, it's not because of how, how many trucks we drive. It's not by how we heat our houses. It's by God's timetable. Amen. Amen. Just to let you know about that. But I understand, you know, the world doesn't get this. But the Bible does tell us about some important things here about this. And he says, the apostle tells us this in verse number one. Again, if you look at it for for a moment with me, he said, but of the times and the seasons, brethren. So he's talking to Christians. You have no need that I write unto you. He said, folks, you know what? I don't need to tell you this. But the Lord is coming soon. Now, again, you say, preacher, what year? I don't know. I know it could be this year. I know it could be next year. It could be the next. I don't know what year it is. But I know that he's coming again. And what Paul was saying here, you know, I, you, you, he said, I, I shouldn't have to tell you this because you see what's going on. And he said in verse number two, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord uh, uh, so cometh as a thief of the night. He says, you know what I'm talking about. We as God's people ought not be in the dark this morning of wondering what is going on. What is going on is this. It is drawing nigh to the coming of Christ. I don't set a date. Some people have done that. I told you when we were down in the school building, that was our church before. And a man sent me a book about that thick and all of his reasons why the Lord was coming in a certain day, in a certain year. He had this book. He wrote this book. He made money off that book. Guess what? The Lord didn't come. He looked like a fool, but he was very wealthy after he wrote the book, being a fool. But you know, that, that, that the Bible tells us we don't know the time, but I think we can say this. I see the season. I see the leaves are beginning to turn. I know that one of these days those leaves will turn. They'll drop from the trees, and wintertime will be here. We know of those seasons. And the Lord is saying here, hey, you know what time it is. You know what's going on. And then he said in verse number three, what is going to happen? Verse three, for when they shall say peace and safety, then, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. Now you think about this. I mean, the world today is looking for peace and safety. Do you see any of that going around anywhere? Look at what's happening in our world today. Listen to our president. Listen to Putin. I mean, you say, well, you shouldn't put them in the same sentence, but I think they kind of belong in the same sentence these days. At least Putin's not looking for dead people. (laughs) Just throwing that in. And Putin knows what side he's on in Korea, too. I just won't go there either, but anyways. You say, you shouldn't be political. Pray for me. But he said, the sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child. I remember five times it happened. My wife came and said, honey, guess what? And the first time, 
as dumb. I said, what? She goes, we're pregnant. I'm thinking, what's we're, we are pregnant? And then about the third time, I think, is when it started, when she said, guess what? I go, you're pregnant, right? Because, you know, just every time, guess what? If you say this afternoon, guess what? I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> but every time, especially with the first one, Lisa, got home from work, 1230 at night, about 1 o'clock in the morning, I'd studied some because I had finals the next day. Went to bed. What time was it in the morning? You woke me up about 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. She woke me up, and she goes, it's time. And I'm like, this isn't a good time. (laughs) She goes, it's time. You know what? When I woke up, I was really groggy, but when I woke up, I knew this was time. That pleasant little lady that I've been married to for about a year and a half now was not so pleasant. (laughs) She was, get up, get dressed. And I'm trying to, oh, you better hurry. Oh, the pains are coming. Do you think I thought, oh, you're faking. (laughs) Man, we got in the car, got her down to the car. Man, I took off. And and the only neat thing about it was going through red lights, amen? Amen. Just go through the red lights. You say, you should have stopped. No, my wife was going to have a baby. And I remember we rushed to that hospital. And, man, I got there, and, and, and right away, you know, they come out to the car. And I look at them. I said, oh, hurry, hurry. My baby's about to have a wife. Would you hurry up and help us? <laughs> and, and they come out there, and they took her to the wheel. And she goes, oh, oh. And then finally they get, there, they get her in that one room, and they say, all right, Mr. Biter, you can come back. And I go back, and I'm holding her hand. And, oh, she's squeezing the daylights out of my hands. And I'm like, oh, honey, are you okay? She goes, I'm having a baby. Her face is red. I mean, the, the veins are popping out in her neck. And I mean, she is, she is really, I mean, like, I'm, ah, who is this woman? And we're going to have a baby, and this baby's going to have a woman like this. It was evident that she was going to have a baby. Do you know the Lord said that's the way it's looking? He said, like, you know when a mother is going to have a baby. That's what, isn't that what he said? I'm not making this up. He said, he said, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. That means this, that when she went into labor, that meant it's happening. I couldn't say, give us a few more months. It was happening. And when the Lord comes again, when it's time... And that trumpet sounds, there's going to be no holding back. And the Lord will come for us. Amen. So he said, I really shouldn't have to tell you. And you know perfectly this. And it's going to be like a woman in travail. And then he said in verse number four, but ye, breth- but ye brethren are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. He said, but you're not in darkness. You ought to know. You know, in darkness, you don't know what's around you. You know, if you're in a room, you got all the lights out, you kind of feel around. Now, if it's your own room, it's pretty easy. But if you've ever been in a motel before, and, and you get up in the middle of the night, and you try to find where the bathroom is, and you wake up, and you look, and you think, which direction? You don't know. And you begin to feel your way around. It's dark. But what did the Lord, what did the Lord say? Verse number five. He said, ye are all the children of what? Light. You're children of light. 
as, uh, 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 as light and the children of the day. We are not of the night or the darkness. In other words, what? It ought not take us by so much surprise the Lord is coming again. Wake up. It's not time for us to nap. Why? Our redemption draws nigh. He's coming soon. You know, I'm glad that we're children of the day and I'm glad there's plenty of light. You know, when the Lord came the first time, both Israel and the world were asleep. In the darkness of religion, Israel slept. In the darkness of sin, the world slept. There was Jesus in a manger to be born. Remember now, there was no room in the inn. Where was the crowd when he was born? He was born in a manger. There was no big crowd. Oh, some shepherds came finally. After the, after the Lord spoke to them, God spoke to them, and the angel came there while they were taking care of their sheep in the fields. And they came, but I'm, I'm thinking, think about it. This was the, the Savior of the world. And only a handful of people show up. They were sleeping. There was no crowd gathering around. Most people slept right through it. When Jesus comes again for his church, it's sad to say, but the world will be sleeping. Many of God's people will be taken by surprise. I think this, when the trumpet sounds, we're going to go, ah, I know what that is. Now, it's going to happen so fast, I don't think we'll have time to say that. But I think when the trumpet sounds, we will not be so surprised because we've been looking for it, looking for his coming. The age we live in sounds like the church of Laodicea today, though, in Revelation chapter number 3. In Revelation chapter 3, the church of Laodicea says, remember, they were, they were lukewarm, God said it made me, makes me sick. He said it makes me want to spew you out of my mouth because they were lukewarm. And I thought about that lukewarm, and lukewarm means this. It means comfort. Speaks of comfort. It means not too hot and not too cold. Lukewarm. You know, I could say today, you know, how many of you are hot? And you can raise your hand. How many are cold? But then I would say, how many are just right? And you would raise your hand. You know what really you're saying? I'm lukewarm. Not spiritually. But it's like it's not too cold, it's not too hot, it's just right. In comfort. And I'm afraid that what God's saying here, that that church of, of Laodicea, that that church there was lukewarm, and they were comfortable in their life, not realizing time is at hand for Christ to come again. I like being comfortable, but I need also to be prepared. You say, well, preacher, but you're saved. You're prepared. Yes, I'm saved. I'm prepared for that. But I think about how many people are not prepared. How many folks still need to know how to be saved? Just like in the time of Christ's birth, the world was sleeping. And I'm afraid the world will be sleeping when he comes again. But I begin to think about the church. The church ought not be that way. The church is to be awake. The church is to be expectant. In other words, looking for that time. I know that he's coming, looking for I, I, I know every, 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 uh, every service, pretty much every service, I think it is. I know Sunday morning. I sit in my office. My wife will come in there. She'll sit down with me. We'll talk a little bit. And I sit with my chair angled there. I'm watching for people to come. I look and I see it's a little bit after nine. You know what I am? I'm expectant. I know that there's going to be this white vehicle come down the road. 
weaving back and forth like they're drunk. And I look and I come down here and it'll be Mr. Bishop driving. And I'll look and I'll say, well, just about any time I'm going to see that white vehicle. You know what I am? I'm expectant. Amen. And I'm expect- And he doesn't drive that way. No, he, do- he doesn't. Most of the time. At least when he's sober, he doesn't drive that way. All right, let's put it that way. But you know, I, I, I'm expecting it. And then I look for the other vehicles, and I, I, I about got you all penned out when, you, when you're going to be here. And I watch, and I go, look, oh, here they come, here they come. I'm expecting of that. I don't know exactly, sometimes a little earlier, sometimes a little later, but I know right about in that time. We're to be expecting as a Christian, knowing this, Jesus could come today. I just made announcements about the service tonight, but Jesus could come today. I talked about Wednesday night, we're going to have Bible study and prayer meeting, but Jesus may come before that. I talked about soul winning on Saturday morning, but Jesus may come before that. We're to be expecting. I think we're also to be excited. Excited about it, huh? You remember when you were a kid about Christmas? Wasn't it exciting? Oh, you couldn't wait. And I mean, I mean, let's be honest. When we were kids, what was it all about? Presents. See how backslidden we all were as little kids? We were like presents. And I remember my brother and I, we'd go in the den, we'd sit there, and we'd talk to each other and say, what do you think we're getting? We were, we were expectant, and we were excited. And all of a sudden, my parents say, all right, you can come in now. And all of a sudden, we walked in there, and there were presents all under the tree. Oh, were we excited. Weren't you? Look like it then, all right? I mean, how exciting it was. Huh? You know, I was saying, my wife and I, we were talking about weddings, you know, because they're going to they're gonna mess up their lives. But, uh, you know, I was, I, was, I was telling them this morning, I said, you know, I said, weddings are great. I said, but what a waste of a Saturday. I just don't, I just, you know, I mean, I mean, it's good for the couple getting married, but how about us that have to go to them, huh? <laughs> Mess up your whole day. But anyways, I digress again. But you know, when we got married, my wife came out that door up there to come, and I came down there too, and I looked, I saw her. You know what? I was excited. I'm getting married. It didn't matter who was sitting in the pews. It mattered that she was walking down that aisle, and I was going to go down and take her in my arm, my arms. I wanted to, but I had to do this. And I took her my, my she took my arm and walked up there. And my, my, I remember before that, the preacher said, "Who gives this bride away?" And her daddy says, "I do." And and I flipped him twenty dollar bill, and, uh, and and he gave me her. And 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 I remember how excited I was. I don't care if everybody else was excited, but I was excited. I'm excited about something this morning. Jesus is coming soon. We ought to be encouraged too. It is encouraging to know he's coming, isn't it? Oh, how encouraging it is. I look at the world and I listen to the things that our president says and the vice president. And I'm like, who in the world are they? You know, what world are they from? And I listen to the stuff that our Congress says and our politicians say. But you know what? I'm not too encouraged by that. But I am encouraged when I stop and think, oh, I read my Bible. And he says, hey, the time is at hand. And it's soon going to be, hey, he's saying, wake up. We're to be exhorting one another. You know, that's what we do when we come to church, don't we? We're to exhort one another. Now, you didn't exhort anybody if you didn't talk to anyone. If you just came there and plopped down your little spot. But exhorting one another. Also, we're to be evangelizing the lost. That's what the church is to be awake about. We're children of light, not darkness. Listen to this. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.9, Said, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. 
A peculiar people means different, not really weird, all right? Peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness, now listen to this, into his marvelous light. You know, light is really awesome, but marvelous light. I, my wife has a, has a, a sewing room downstairs and, and in the basement, and she had this light, and it was a little light that we used to have in our school when we had it in a trailer. About 30-some years, oh, almost 40 years ago, in a trailer down there. You push the button, it comes on. It's yellow almost. It's so old. And, she, and I said, honey, you need a new light down here. She goes, well, that would be nice. And, of course, I'm Mr. Nice. And so I went to, went to Lowe's, and I got her an LED four-foot light. And I got that thing, and I screwed it up to the ceiling down there, and I wired it up. If our house burns down, you'll know what happened. But I wired that up, and you know what? I, put, I said, watch this. I pushed the button on. I'm telling you, you almost have to wear sunglasses down there. It is, you know what I call that? Marvelous light. I said, look at there at that light. I said, look how nice that looks. And look at them cobwebs. <laughs> you know, the marvelous light will show up the cobwebs in our life too. But oh, isn't it nice to have marvelous light? And the Lord said, we're, we're that part of that, 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 from darkness into his marvelous light. Marvelous means amazing, outstanding, astonishing, awesome, sensational, remarkable. You think about it. We're children of the light because of the marvelous light. And while we're the light, children of the light, we're the light in this world. Matthew 5.14 says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. We're not to walk in darkness. John 8.12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now I'll be honest with you. We live in dark days. I cannot read the information on my phone. I have different apps. I read news. I cannot read news and find good things. I read and I find that we are living in dark days. But guess what? I have light from the marvelous light who gives me light. And I can be light even in a dark world. I had one day, had a lady uh, uh, left a message uh, on. No, she called and, and talked to her. And she, she said, I want to thank you. For your church sign. And I'm like, what? She goes, that sign out there, she goes, I work, I wake, work into the nighttime. And she says, you don't know how much that means to me to have the corner up here lit up by your church sign. And right away, you know, I thought, well, how silly is that? But how good is light on a dark corner? You know what? We're to be light in this dark world. And this whole world may not understand us, but I think they might be like that lady who says, you know what? I don't understand. I don't come to your church, and I don't understand anything about your church. But I tell you what, I do notice this. you got light. And we are children of the light. We're to be not walking in darkness, even in this dark world. And so he says in chapter, in chapter 5 here, in verse number 6, he said, he said, therefore let us not sleep as do others. But let us watch and be sober. You know what he's saying? Don't take a nap now. Wake up. Wake up. You say, but wait a minute, it's dark. No, 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 no. Understand. You're children of light. Yes, we live in a dark world and we're not to give up. 
We're not to throw up our hands and say, what's the use? Now, I understand this whole world's going to get worse and worse, but I know this. The Lord is coming again, and there are so many that need to hear the gospel. We need to awake. It's not time for us to be lukewarm. Yesterday it was chilly, wasn't it? It was cold. And I said to my wife in the morning, I said, "Hun, would you like a fire? And she said, yes. I said, come here, let me kiss you and hug you. No, that's not my... <laughs> Sorry. I said, would you like a fire? She said, yeah. I said, well, let me, let me run on the back porch and get some wood. And I got some wood, and I, I put the wood in the wood burner there and got it started. Oh, it felt so good. I sit down in front of that fire. Do you know what I want to do when I get nice and lukewarm? Take a nap. I sit there, and all of a sudden, my eyes... I'm seeing, am I a Mormon now? I got two wives. They're crossing. I'm like, this is scary. I get sleepy. You know why? I'm lukewarm. I'm just comfortable. Like you are in church many times. My voice to you is like, I don't know what. Not sure what it is, but it's something maybe don't make you go to sleep. But here's the thing: we're children of light, and when we get lukewarm, we're going to get sleepy, and we'll take us a nap. And I'm afraid that many Christians are just napping through life. You know, I don't mind going to sleep. Do you? But I, you know, I thought this many years. What a waste of time. You know, I wish I wouldn't get sleepy because there I could do more things. And I'm like, oh, if I could just stay awake a little bit longer. But I'm there, and there goes the eyes again. And the head rolls back. And all of a sudden, you're snoring again. And I hear that all the time. And, 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 and then what happens? I, I think, well, if I could just stay awake. You know, we as God's people need to be careful not to sleep when we're to be awake. You say, but preacher, why? Because something's got to be done. Something's got to happen. Why? It's soon going to be the coming of our Savior. We sing about it all the time. We don't live like he really is. Romans chapter number 13. If you'd like to turn there with me, you can. If not, listen to it. I'll read it to you. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 and 12 says, And that knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on, I love this, the armor of light. Remember we talked about the armor of God many a times, haven't we? And then I'm reading here, I'm thinking, wait a minute. This is another piece of armor. We're to put on the armor of light. A couple weeks ago, I talked about that, that piece of armor there, and we're going to have that shield of faith. How, that is important. But also is that armor of light. I thought, you know what will help us in our Christian life? Living in the light. Realizing who we are. Realizing, hey, it's dark out there, but the, 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 the Jesus is that marvelous light, and he has given us light. The world naps, but we must not nap. We must be busy. He said, wake up. It's time to wake up. You know, when you're sleepy, you're pretty much useless, aren't you? 
You know, sometimes I'm in my office and nobody else is here. I sit there and I, I can't listen to it, music or anything else when I'm studying. I just got to have it quiet. And so it's real quiet. And I'm sitting there and I'm reading something. And all of a sudden, I'm getting sleepy. And my head begins to nod down. And I wake up and I look. And I'm on the same page, on the same sentence, same paragraph. I've been on for about five minutes now and hadn't got anything out of it. Because when we're sleeping, we're useless. Aren't we? How, how many of you cut the grass sleeping? Did the dishes sleeping? Did the laundry sleeping? Change the oil? Of course not. Why? We're sleeping. Do you know when we sleep, we're useless? When we're sleeping spiritually, we're useless too. You know, we're sleepers are out of touch with reality. You know, what, what happens? We don't know what's going on. I probably shouldn't tell you this, but you know I usually do anyhow. But when I was a little boy, my brother Tim and I, we just we were we were only about a uh, what a year and a half apart, and uh, we always had a good time. My dad, he would he would come home, he'd be sleepy. He was sleepy all the time. It seemed like he worked all night long, but he'd come and he'd lay down on the couch and he'd go to sleep. And when he would sleep, he would he would snore, but he would do this. And my brother and I would look at each other. Go get a tissue. <laughs> and we'd pew little pieces, make little strips of tissue. And we'd go over to the couch and we'd put it on my dad's lips. <laughs> we had so much fun. And then Tim would go, let me, my turn, my turn. Okay, go get it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, I tell this now because you guys are too old for that, and all the little kids aren't listening to this, all right? But we would have so much fun, and then all of a sudden, we'd start giggling and that, and all of a sudden, we'd wake my dad, my dad would go, what are you guys doing? Nothing. <laughs> you know when you're sleeping, you don't know what's going on. You know there's a lot of Christians today that way. I know, I know, I know, they say the Lord's coming, but you know, I just don't see it happening. You don't know what's going on. We need to wake up. The Christians sleep often and they don't see the decline or what Satan of their own selves and they don't see Satan and the world, what it's doing to them. Sleepers spend most of their time dreaming. I dreamed this morning. I knew we were baptized in a little while here. I dreamed on baptizing, but it was a little boy. And I remember this, and Andy had talked to me yesterday about the baptistry, and, 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 I, and I said, put a little bit more water in it. And, and, and I'm dreaming, I came here, and the water was all the way to the top. And there was a little boy swimming in it. I'm thinking, i got to baptize him, but he's already kind of almost baptized. And so I'm looking for my boots. I put my boots on, and put my jacket on, and I run in, and I step in the water. Did I say it was all the way full? And then I stepped in the water. We had a problem. But this kid's swimming around in there. And you know what? I woke up, and I'm thinking, what in the world just happened? You know what happened? Nothing. I was dreaming. You know what? Dreams are all right, but dreams won't get anything done. So I have a dream. Well, you can have a dream if you want to. Why don't you get busy and do something? Well, I think this ought to happen. Why don't you get up and do something? Most of the time we're dreaming. Sleepers are also very comfortable. They enjoy relaxing in the nap. There have been times I sat back in my chair by the fire. 
I lay back there. I'm just going to, my grandmother used to say this. But she would say, I'm just going to rest my eyes a little bit. She was out. Hell, son, you know, you wake up, doesn't it feel good? I don't like to sleep very long. If I, if I doze off, I like to sleep just a little bit. And then I wake up, I'm like, yeah, all right, ready now. But you know, when we're, when we're, when we're sleeping, we're, we're comfortable. And I'm afraid sometimes that's the way we become as Christians. We're like this, don't bother me. I'm comfortable. That's why people don't like revival meetings. They're comfortable. That's why we don't like hard preaching. Uncomfortable. Oh, we don't mind. And I tell a little funny story. We pound the pulpit. We get on some sin. All of a sudden, people are like, don't bother me. I'm sleeping. It's time to wake up. Sleepers don't like to be disturbed. They don't want to be woke up. Have you ever been out so way, knock on a door, and someone comes to the door, their hair's all sticking up, and you know you woke them up? They're never happy. Never happy. Sleepers are not aware of those around them and the needs of others. You see what a nap is and a sleeping is? It's all about you. Isn't it? It's all about you. You take a nap this afternoon and that's fine. But really, it's all about you. Your nap is not going to help me other than this. I'll have someone to stay awake. But your nap is for you. You need to understand that there's someone around you that needs you to be awake. And then sleepers get nothing done. They just sleep. Like I said, you know, sometimes we dream about projects, don't we? If I have a project to do around the house, many times, and I'm one of those people, I dream at night. I have many dreams a night. Sometimes nightmares, but I have dreams. Crazy stuff. Sometimes I dream that I did something, I was working on that project, and I wake up, and I didn't do it. I was dreaming about it. All I did was sleep. You say, well, preacher, I don't understand what's so dangerous about sleeping. I'm not talking about physically sleeping unless you're not listening to the Word of God. But spiritually sleeping, there's a danger of falling into Satan's snare. He can also, and the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, chapter number 20, verse 13, it tells us it will bring us to poverty. You know, sometimes people can't get up in the morning and go to work. They lose their jobs. And then they're in poverty. Sleep brings that spiritual poverty. That spiritual sleep is dangerous because it'll bring, it causes the harvest to perish. The fields are white unto harvest we find out the labors are few. Sleeping. Just napping for a while. It causes us to give in to sin. Luke 22. It talks about a young man one day in the book of Acts chapter 20 was sitting up in the, in the, in the, the, the rafters of, of the church where they were preaching. And what happened? He fell asleep. And he fell out of the church. Christians that nap that sleep spiritually, oftentimes fall out of church. They do. Now, folks, I'm 40 years. You think I've seen 
our share. Folks who used to. And, and, and I'm not talking about folks who get sick. I'm talking about folks who just dropped out of church. You know why? They fell asleep. And they fell out of church. And spiritual sleep will cause you to stumble in Ephesians 5, 14 and 15. You know, sleep's a wonderful thing, but wait a minute. It's not night. We're children of the day. We're children of the light. We have the marvelous light. And he said, verse 6, Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But he said in verse 8, But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. It's time to wake up. I'm done with my sermon. But I hope we'll all be awake spiritually the things that God speaks to us about realizing it may look dark out there but we have the light and we need to let our light shine this morning if you're not saved you need to trust the Lord as your savior you're a child of darkness you say well I'm going to do the best I can well the best you can means hell that means you're going to hell he said, man, there you go. You're talking about something. Yeah, you know what? You need to wake up and realize you're lost and trust Jesus today. Come to that marvelous light. I just love that word, marvelous light. It's Jesus Christ. It's time to wake up. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this time this morning. Thank you for each one that is here. And I pray you'll speak to us. Lord, that your will be done. Lord, that we would be a people that will wake up this morning and serve you. Lord, we may be awake physically, but spiritually many times we sleep and we become useless. It's all about us, not about anyone else. Oh, Lord, help us. I pray that some of the little stories I told might be something that will help us to, 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 to prod our minds to think about these things. Lord, we thank you so much for this time. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, let me ask you something. You may be awake right now. Spiritually speaking, are you awake? Spiritually speaking, are you awake today? Are you sleeping? Are you napping in this time that we need to be awake? The Lord's coming soon. He said, I don't need really to tell you this. Just look around you and see what's going on. And I think if I asked every one of us here this morning, what do you think? The Lord's coming soon? I have a feeling we would be 100% saying this. Yes, I believe he's coming soon. Sure do look like it. Because it does. Then it's time to wake up. The world slept when Jesus came. And may we wake up today. Because he's about to come again. God spoke to your heart this morning. Ask God maybe to wake you up. Help you to be excited, encouraged. As you serve the Lord. Father, bless this invitation time now. I pray that your will be done. And Lord, if there's somebody here not saved, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.